Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. Now I want us to start from Acts chapter 10 verse 38. Acts 10 38. It says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So today or tonight, I'm going to be teaching on how to cast out devils. How to cast out devils. And very importantly, I want to start with the why of this topic. Why is this topic important? You see, something that topics like this are spooky, and at the preoccupation of not too educated folks or not too enlightened folks. You know, some people think that demon spirits don't work <laughs> in the US or in Canada or in um, other nations of the world. Well, they are mistaken. Some others have an idea of Christianity that has made topics like this less fashionable, left them, you know, let's just wear branded t shirts. Um, well, many of them, they're not doing this intentionally, but they just have a, an expectation, an idea of what Christianity should be. Let's have branded t-shirts. Let's have our worship leaders with perfect hairdo. And let's just sing rock-like worship songs and then have a sermon that is hype and in touch with current reality. For instance, if you want to teach on maybe direction, you title the sermon, Hey Siri, you know, something like that. Now, I'm one of the most unqualified pastors to be critical about being cool. Being cool is a very essential part of our life <laughs> and our culture. But the summary of this introduction is simply this. I know you're fresh. I know you're educated. I know you're trendy. First of all, I know you. I'm just generalizing. Not all of you are. But hey, I'm just playing <laughs> But for those of you who have this notion that oh, you're fresh, I know. I know you're educated. I know you're trendy. But there is a devil out there that hates your guts. And he doesn't care much about, you know, your trendy hairdo, your fashionable hairstyle, your nice shoes. He doesn't care much. Spiritual, you know, warfare is not a joke. You have to be serious. You have to be serious. Listen, there are sermons, all right, that make the devil responsible for everything, and this is not one of them. Have you seen people, you know, who, no matter what wrong they're found doing, they say it's the devil. Why did you steal the phone? It's the devil. You know, why did you fight? It's the devil. Always making the devil responsible for everything as if they don't have free will. Alright? So, there is that extreme. To be clear, man is fallen. Alright? And does not always need the influence of the devil to do wrong. So, that's very important. However, many times, the devil is involved. In the seemingly natural aspects of life, there is a spirit behind it. Influencing that negativity, influencing that sickness, influencing that strife. You have to see it. You have to see it. So, 
um there is there are some things that are not going right and they are natural and there are some things that are not going right and are influenced by spirit and sometimes it's both combination of both for instance you don't need the devil to influence you you don't need to have a spirit to steal you just need to be walking in the flesh to be greedy but there is a way you can continue instilling so much that you attract the spirit responsible for that stealing and now you do it with supernatural ability anyway i don't really have time to go into that but hey on one hand there are wicked people and then there is a spirit influencing wickedness there are envious people and then there's a spirit influencing envy there are people who fall sick but sometimes people who think they are sick just have demons tormenting them and manifesting as a sickness i'm going to show you this from the word of god and we're just going to now this is not an extensive study but i want to show you enough to be persuaded and then we'll move on in ephesians chapter 4 from verse 26 to 27 ephesians 4 26 and 27 it says be ye angry and sin not let not the sun go down on your wrath neither give place to the devil so listen you can naturally be angry someone steps on your toes i mean that metaphorically keeps getting on your last nerve and then you lose it you flip but then the bible says don't let the sun go down on your wrath you know some people hold on to the anger one night passes and two nights passes and one week passes and two weeks passes and the person keeps telling you i'm sorry i'm sorry you still won't let it go you carry on with this pettiness for so long you can be in disobedience so much that you give an inroad to satan you have to understand this an inroad and now all right the devil comes in takes advantage of that invitation and now it becomes a spiritual problem now i'm not going to go into the technicalities do, do, do i believe that um a believer who is full of the spirit can be totally controlled by demon spirits i don't believe so but i don't um, i don't want to go into that nonetheless can someone who is full of the spirit still have demonic activity thriving around him the answer is a, a thousand yeses and you have to understand this this is so important neither give place to the devil so there is normal emotions you know f you know just all over the place because someone said something wrong and all of that but your response also matters now there are normal sicknesses I, I don't want to call them normal but you know what i mean you see um the natural man is going to die it's going to die and you don't really need any spirit's influence to actually fall sick but at the same time spirits cause sickness you have to understand this the bible tells us in luke 13 about a woman who was 
bent over. It looked like a normal physical condition as maybe she's getting old or something. She walked in the farm. You know, we always have explanations. But you know what? Jesus identified it to be a spirit of infirmity. A spirit of infirmity. So the Bible says in Luke chapter 13 verse 11, And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed together for 18 years. It was a spirit that caused it. It wasn't actually a physical condition. It was a spiritual problem that had a physical manifestation. You have to understand the difference. The Bible says she could in no wise lift herself. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said, Woman, you are loosed. So now we are not even just talking about a healing. We are talking about being loosed from a bondage. That's bondage. It was a spiritual problem. He said, you are loose. You have to be able to tell the difference. There are some people, you know, who are violent. Have you seen violent people? They just like to fight. Some of them is just circumstances that they've been through, you know, experiences that they had that toughened them in a negative way. But some people... The violence is influenced by a spirit. Oh, I tell you categorically, I've seen what I'm saying. You know, there was a day <laughs> I was with some folks about to pray for a lady. And a demon spirit began to manifest. And several guys, if you see this lady, she's very lanky normally. Seven guys could not hold her. They tried and they could not hold her. I've seen that many times. Tried and could not hold her. <laughs> and she pushed all of them away. And was walking away. And I got angry. And I said in the name of Jesus come back. And she came back. <laughs> you, you Listen. We're talking about supernatural strength here. You, you may not have seen something like that before. But don't worry. <laughs> it's your destiny to see such and to cast such out. It's your destiny. <laughs> Hallelujah. So the Bible tells us, for instance, in Matthew 17, all right, that a man came to Jesus, Matthew 17, 14, and knelt down to him and said, Have mercy on my son. He's lunatic. Now, yes, there are people who have a medical condition of lunacy. But this one was so vexed by a spirit. And the, and, and the Bible says, oftentimes he will fall into fire or fall into water. Listen, can I tell you something? It has been psychologically proven that if you are walking on high rises and you look down, your mind will tell you, what if I just fall? Has it happened to you? <laughs> it, it's not a problem you have. It's a psychological condition. All right? It's not, a, it's not a condition. It's proven psychologically. We all have those experiences. When you are somewhere high, you're just like, what if? But now this is different. Something was making this young boy to actually jump in. There's a lady... We, I, I prayed for years ago also. She said she would just be walking on the road 
a car will be coming full speed and a voice will tell her to run in front of the car. This is different from what you feel when, you know, you, you are in a high-rise building and, building and you imagine what if you fall. Have you ever been in your bed lying down and you imagined you were falling somewhere? You know, maybe your eyes were closed and you, I don't know if you have all those experiences. But this is different. And this lady had tried to kill herself several times. Of course, the doctor had an explanation. And then she was in an office. And I sat there. And someone came to tell me, oh, this is what is happening to this lady. And I said, bring her here to sit in front of me. And she sat in front of me. And I, I, I just began to preach to her. And as I began to preach to her, what happened? The glory of God, I'm going to teach you all about that. The glory of God was stared. There was a stare. And all of a sudden, she began, I mean, strange sights, hard to explain. It was as if, have you ever in your science class tried to bring magnets and you are using the same sides to face each other and how they, they, they're moving back? It was as if something from me began to push her back. And so her chair began to shift backwards as if someone was drawing her like, get away from him. So it was, and the glory kept getting stronger and it was just going back, 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 back. I don't know. I mean, all of a sudden, see action. <laughs> All of a sudden, the lady stood up and I heard clear masculine voice. <laughs> and like two fellows in that room just took off. That was the first thing. They just ran away. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Glory to Jesus. Listen, it's your destiny to expel demons. It's your destiny. It's your destiny. Someone says, how did it end? Of course, the demon had to go. And it didn't take time. <laughs> Glory be to God. You know, so this demon will throw him into the fire. Like that young lady. It was a spirit. If they are taking her to the hospital, the doctor will put, you know, thermometer in her armpit, you know, or on it, wherever, wherever they put it, and say, this is bipolar psychomomosis <laughs> or something like that you know or something like that and hey i love doctors they're such a blessing to us we can't count you know the i mean no 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 sensible person will make derogatory remarks against doctors no matter how spiritual you are when you want to give birth it, it, there's every tendency you go to the hospital in today's day do you understand but when it all comes down to it you have to understand not all these things Though physical in their manifestation, are physical in their source. You have to understand. When the demon left her that day, that was the end. She never needed a drug, never needed any mental checkup, nothing. I can go on and on to give you stories. Hallelujah. <laughs> the Bible says, Jesus rebuked the devil and he departed. And the child was cured that very hour. It was a demon causing it. Mark chapter 5. The Bible says, Jesus went over the sea into the, a country, the country of the Gadarenes. And when he came out of a sheep, <laughs> there was a man who had um, an unclean spirit. Guess where he was living? He was living in a graveyard. 
He left his house, went to live in a graveyard. A spirit made him do that. But guess what? Immediately Jesus came. The Bible says he came out and he greeted Jesus. <laughs> you don't have a lot to say about that. All right. The Bible says he had been bound many times with fetters and chains. And he will pluck them asunder. I'm talking about supernatural strength. Listen, there are people who are physically strong. And there are people who manifest supernatural strength. So they will bind this guy with chains and he will just do this. <laughs> Cut it off. Break it in pieces. The Bible says nobody could tame him. He stayed days and nights in mountains, in tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. The Bible says he saw Jesus from afar and he came and worshipped him. We're going to talk about that. But all I want to establish for now is this. There is a physical manifestation of violence. There are some people who are just violent. It's not a spirit. They are just violent. But sometimes a spirit is involved. You have to understand this. And sometimes it's a combination of both. A violent person gave an inroad to Satan. Let me give you an example. And, and interestingly, this applies in church. You see, you have to understand how the devil works. <laughs> I, I was sharing this with some people, you know, some days ago. The Bible tells us that because of Saul's disobedience, all right, the spirit of God that empowered him for service. Now, nobody had the spirit within, so this is totally different. The spirit of the empowerment for service, the spirit left him and an evil spirit came in. So Saul had an evil spirit. Quite all right. But something happened that triggered that evil spirit even more than before. You know what it was? A man named Goliath, a giant, came of the Philistines and he threatened the whole of Israel. And he said, find someone to fight me. And if I win, all of you will be my slaves. If I lose, all the Philistines will be slaves. You know, and tormented Israel, boasting, reviling their God and all of that. And David came to Saul and said, let me fight him. And Saul said, all right, go ahead. Saul had fought battles <laughs> for Israel before. And won. He was the hero of Israel. And now he let David fight. David fought one man, <laughs> even though the, that single man was Okurimeta, if you know what I mean in Yoruba, like three men in one. But it was one man, one battle. And after that battle, a young lady sang. <laughs> you know what she said? Saul has killed his thousands, David 10,000. When Saul heard it, his head started spinning. <laughs> his head. Now, quite all right. Listen, Saul already had the problem. But there was a trigger. And you have to understand, for instance, in the local assembly, you might be maybe a chorister. And you have been serving in this church for such a long time. And then one sister joins the church. 
And you know, church people, and, and this is why I have to tell you this, you might not know. You might have all the right intentions. You, it's just the same way we compare um, footballers. And sometimes we forget that these people are real people with emotions. Do you know that these guys actually have a Twitter account? And they see some of the things you, you see. Do you understand? But, but for, for us, it's entertainment. And we forget that we are dealing with people and their actual jobs. That does not mean... Um, I mean, or what is this guy who cost us World Cup? That's the free post. That doesn't mean we can't talk about it. Yakubu. I mean, I, mean, I, I forgive you, Yakubu. But yeah, I mean, it doesn't mean we can't talk about it. That one is... There are special cases... But, but when it all comes down to it, hey, um, so he says, Saul has killed his thousands, David 10,000. The moment Saul heard that, problem started. He couldn't take it. Now he was going to kill David at all costs. The reason I'm saying this is, you, the Bible says for us not to be ignorant of Satan's devices. You have to understand how he works and how to avoid Sometimes it's just comparison. Needless comparison. Needless. Can I tell you something? We have to build a system where we can recognize people's giftings and people's abilities and allow everybody to thrive together. Some wise person would have even given us all credit for leadership. Do you know what it means? Even if there is a David in your city who can face Goliath, what kind of king would have given David the chance? This is a teenage boy. And you put the fate of an entire country in his hand. They should have praised Saul. They should have praised Saul. But people don't see it. So maybe it was even the choir leader that discovered that lady. And said, you know what, come and join. <laughs> you know, yet you just heard. And <laughs> anyway, I don't even know. I'm a man of the spirit. I hope nothing is happening in the choir. I don't think so. <laughs> But, but long and short, all right, so there is normal envy, but I said all of that to say this. There's normal envy, and then the spirit of, of demon spirits can take advantage of an opening, an inroad, to cause spiritual havoc. Let me give you another example, a final example. You can be unforgiving, all right, but being unforgiving can give the devil and inroad so um paul is telling the church at corinth in second corinthians and he's saying um that young fellow who had aired he says forgive him forgive him he says let satan has the advantage for we are not ignorant of his devices if you don't forgive him satan will take advantage he used the word advantage He will take advantage of that. I'm taking my time with all of this because, I mean, you have to recognize. Sometimes it might be in a marriage, a relationship. You, you are fighting about something so useless. I remember, <laughs> I can talk about it now. It was about two years ago. My wife and I had a hot argument about charger. I mean, phone charger. And I wasn't going to talk to her. Because of phone charger. Because I can be very particular about my stuff. If you use my charger 
don't remove the cord and use it on your laptop and leave the, char- the charger head like that. You know, those kind of things they used to spark my head, you know. And, uh, you know, when I saw her doing it, I bought her own charger. But, you know, women now, my own is my own and your own is my own. I'm just saying, you're just saying. My wife buys me a lot of things, by the way. But, hey, when I saw the way this argument about charger was going, and now you've come so long way, such a long way in commitments. In have you ever had an argument that went, I mean, so sour that when people asked you what, how did this start, you were ashamed to say. How are you going to say it was food? That eh eh he didn't give me plantain. And I usually do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Because it was something small that the devil just allowed to escalate, and before you know it, a mountain has been made out of a molehill. Give no place to Satan. Anyways, I just said that to say this. Whether you like it or not, you are going to encounter demon spirits in this world. You just may not know it. Might be affecting your marriage. Might be affecting your ministry. Might be affecting your health, your relationships with people. There are some people who will just choose to be difficult. Listen. There is a story that I hardly tell because it's hard to believe. But it happened, whether you believe it or not. And I have no reason to lie about such a thing. There was this man, uh, <laughs> a lecturer in the university. I wrote a course. You know, there are some courses that are not a prayer point. I mean, GST for God's sake. You know, who fails GST? It's not a prayer point. You know, and I went to the board and I saw F and I knew I couldn't fail it. So I went confidently to the man's office. Good afternoon, sir. Um, my name is so-and-so. I saw F and I think um, there's a mistake. I just, my course advisor asked me to see you. This is, this is a- academic procedure, you know, to get the right score so that I can fill a complaint form and take. As I was still talking, he said, get out of my office. So I went out and I'm thinking, what did I do wrong? You know, <laughs> you know what, what have I done now? What did I do wrong? You know, and, and I'm just like, ah, is this how I'm going to carry over a course I didn't, I didn't fail? What is this? I said, oh, he's in a bad mood. I went and came back another day. And I said, try to be as polite as possible. How was your day, sir? You know, what do you want? Sir, I... I saw F on the board. I know I didn't feel it. Get out of my office. So I came out, shut the door, and something stared me. I felt something. Do you understand? I'm not saying you will always be led to do this. All right. But this was the particular leading of the spirit I got at the time. And I faced this door. I still remember. (laughs) You know. I faced the door and I pointed. I called his name and I said, I am about to enter. And in the name of Jesus... You're going to attend to me. And any spirit causing me to be out of favor in your sight, I cast it out in the name of Jesus. I knocked again. He said, who is this? this was f- not up to 15 minutes after. So it's not as if he forgot my face or anything. It's not as if other people were entering. And so he, he, there was no mix-up. I knocked the door. He said, come in. I opened the door. Said, How are you? Come in. What can I do for you? <laughs> I, said, I said the same thing I had been saying. And he said, oh, oh, okay, okay, go to that pile, check, check for your course. Have you seen your course? 
um, bring out your script. I saw it. I got 63. He said, okay. Filled it, and I went. <laughs> Can I tell you something? There might just be some... Anyway, we're coming to that. Some people make, you know, they act as if the devil is against them. That's why they've not gotten jobs, or that's why they're not getting promoted at work. And sometimes you're just lazy. It's you. But sometimes you are right. You're right. Can the devil, all right, um, influence someone to be against you? He can. You have to understand this. This is not a joke. And so no matter who you are, you have to understand you need what we're teaching. You need this. And so the Bible tells us in Mark chapter 16 verse 17... Mark chapter 16 verse 17, it says, And this sign shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents and scorpions. Uh, I'm adding scorpions. They are all, all in the same WhatsApp group. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And so today, we are talking about the first aspect. It says, they shall cast out devils. Alright? How to cast out devils i'm going to give you three simple steps i'm not saying these are the steps i'm going to say let me put it this way these are steps that i have used and have worked for me i moved from not casting out devils at all this was years ago years ago all right to casting out devils with a lot of explanation you know all those gymnastics? Go. The demon is saying no. Go. No. Eh? I remove my tie. I said go. You know, I didn't do that for long though, but I had those experiences. You know, you you argue back and forth for one hour. You will sweat. You and the demon will be tired. It's both of you that will be cast out. <laughs> Eventually. You know. I saw some folks, you know, <laughs> behind the chapel. You know, in, in our school then, they were casting out devils. They removed their shirts. <laughs> they, you know, their singlet was soaked with sweat. Casting out the devil. So I was passing, they called me. You know, and uh, this was a long time ago. I think 2009. I had it easier, but it was still war. And I will tell you some of the things I did wrong and what I learned. You know, so I mean, I... Put my hand on the little, the little fell on the floor. The demon was talking. We're all hearing this. Not, Go! And the demon was saying no. <laughs> to the hearing of everybody. You know. <laughs> and I moved from that to more ease. I, I hinted on Sunday about an experience we had just Saturday evening. You know, I walked into a room and a lady just, I saw it. She just reacted. And because I've been in this for a while, I knew what it was. So I went on purpose, sat beside her. And I said, how are you doing? What's the matter? And she, she was just stuttering and muttering some words like she was clearly uncomfortable. But she said nothing. Kept trying to say nothing. I'm fine. I'm okay. And all of that. And so I just went to tell the person she was talking to, you know, when you guys are done, I would like to pray for your friend. And the person said, okay. All right. And sure enough, there was problem there all right 
and we're able to wrap it up in 10 minutes or less way less than that actually but the long and short of it is this um the bible says this signs shall follow them that believe it's not for pastor hearing like i told you on sunday it's not the esoteric reserve of the clergy this sign shall follow them that believe and so from my experience i want to tell you and i'm going to be you know all that all that i know is founded in scripture by the way and i'm going to share it with you some other person might have a slightly different approach and hey when i when it all comes down to it all you need to know is this sign shall follow them that believe so this is not a hard and fast rule but these are three things that you need to know all right number one i call it confidence in god confidence in god number two <laughs> worship a lot of people don't see how useful and, and important worship is in spiritual warfare but i'm going to teach on that number two worship and number three what i call glory touch i will tell you why that's important glory touch and i want to talk about confidence as fast as i can this is a topic on its own i'm going to run through all right you know the bible says they that know their god shall be strong and do exploits you know it has an immediate context but it works in every single context guess what knowing god is never for knowing sake if you truly know you'll be strong and audacious this is important confidence is important there must be that willingness and desire to show off god to the world not to be ever learning never able to come to a point of truth your knowledge just should feel a confidence in you be ready to talk about his power be ready to put his power to use can i tell you something I, and in fact this is a needless emphasis if you don't do it <laughs> you're not going to see it if you never step into a vehicle you're never going to drive it's that simple so if you're not going to use anything i'm teaching you <laughs> what is the point knowing you have to have that confidence that will stir you up to be able to put this word words to work it's important and let me tell you this theologically you see and this is this is not just a practical class and it is but this is I'm building a theological case here, like I did on Sunday. There is almost no truth, or let me put it in a milder way. There is a truth that is as emphasized as any other truth in the Bible, which is this. We must learn to boast in God. It's so emphasized. You must learn to boast in God. You see, the whole Bible, Old Testament, New Testament is replete with instructions on boasting in god with examples of boasting in god with stories of boasting in god david said in psalm chapter 34 verse 2 listen to what he said he said he said my soul shall make her boast in the lord and the humble shall hear thereof and be glad my soul shall make her boast in the lord there is i mean oh my goodness you see boasting is a crucial part of our devotion you boast in god you show him off to the world 
You delight in his power. You testify about his greatness. This is a crucial aspect of warfare. I'm telling you. Number one and number two are intertwined and I'm going to show you how. But hey, this is, this is a good place to start. My soul shall boast in the Lord. Psalm 44 verse 8. David again speaking. I'm going to read three Psalms and then we'll move on. Psalm 44 verse 8. It says, in God we boast all day long. All day long. How often? All day long. So you see, boasting is a, an important preoccupation in devotion. You do it all day long. You boast in the morning, you boast in the afternoon, you boast in the evening. You talk about the greatness of God. Some of us are used to telling God about our problems. It is high time we started telling our problems about God. There is a boast aspect to this thing. God is great. A mighty fortress is our God. David talked like that all the time. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge. That's boasting. That's boasting. It's something you ought to learn. And like I said, you see, you see it example upon example in the Old Testament and in the New. Psalm chapter 20 verse 7. Psalm chapter 20 verse 7, a popular psalm. It says, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Where is your trust? And if your trust is in God, you will talk about him. Listen, learn to talk big about God. I can't emphasize. I wish I had enough time to dwell on this alone. By the way, you know, for avoidance of doubt, I did a sermon about two years ago, one and a half years ago, um, about there being no boasting in salvation, no boasting here, remember? But to be specific, there is no boast in efforts in salvation. No boast in efforts. And you know, I shared scriptures like Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9, for by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourself is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So there's no boasting. Romans chapter 3, verse 27, where is boasting then? It is, exceed, it is excluded. You know, so the Bible is clear. But the Bible says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 3, for we are the circumcision who worship God in spirit and boast. Some translations say rejoice, but the Greek word actually means boast in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. So there is a boast, but it's in Christ Jesus, not in your efforts. And by the way, this is a New Testament text to read some others. Romans chapter 15, verse 17. Therefore, I have reason to glory in Christ Jesus in the things which pertain to God. To glory, to boast in Christ Jesus. Glory is, an, is a popular synonym for boast in the New Testament. Romans chapter 2 verse 17. Indeed, you are a Jew. Rest in the law and make your boast in God. Romans 2 17. Hebrews 3 6. Hebrews 3 6. But Christ as the son over his house, whose house we are, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope to the end. That's uh, what he calls confidence is also a synonym for boasting. So long and short, the Bible talks about this time and time again. Can I tell you something? There are moral attributes, especially as perceived by our culture, that, that have a different interpretation through the lenses of spiritual realities. And this is what I'm trying to say. Forgive all that language this is what i'm trying to say we have a social perspective of pride a social perspective of humility 
there is a way we think a humble person should be and act we don't realize how traditional we are for instance as a yoruba man you subconsciously expect you know um younger people to act in some certain way you might not even realize it and so when someone does not act in that way you think they're not humble all right and hey if I, I i let me tell you something find a way to honor people in the way that their social context understands honor there is that balance this is very important but i'm just saying sometimes um it is deeper than that <laughs> there are some people who don't mind prostrating and they will abuse you you know you know <laughs> they can do anything <laughs> so well if you have had experiences you know all those things you know in the grand scheme of things they are more important aspects and i said that to say this when you look at jesus the way he acted you look at paul the way he acted if you're not careful from the natural social understanding of what pride and humility is you might call him proud Paul called himself the wise master builder. He's, he's, it was a comparison with other teaching ministries. And he says, other foundation can no man lay <laughs> than that is laid, which is Christ. He says that he has the privilege to be a wise master builder. Other people who are building thereon, they should take care how they are building. He told all the folks in Corinth, you know, I know there's a new teacher in town. He, he can preach preaching is good he says you have many instructors but not many fathers he said i've begotten in the gospel in case you have forgotten do you understand like you have to understand how this was this is a spiritual family someone cannot just come preach well one day and then you forget i'm your daddy <laughs> do you understand he says i have laid the foundation he says anyone who is building their own should build carefully and then you hear him talk that as if that's not enough he said are they apostles i more he's talking about apostles that they knew i more and he went on to begin to list the sufferings that he has gone through for the gospel and you're like what is going on here as if that's not enough let me read a story about jesus to you and this is a very important teaching for you in luke chapter 14 the bible says that jesus came into nazareth from verse 16 and when he was brought you know he, when he had been brought where he had been brought up and as the custom was he went into the synagogue and it was time for the reading so he stood up to read and they gave him the book of the prophet Esaias and the Bible says he opened the book and found the place where it was written the spirit of the Lord is upon me he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor to heal the brokenhearted to preach deliverance to the captives the recovery of sight to the blind to set at liberty them that are bruised to preach the acceptable years of the Lord and he closed the book gave it to the minister and sat down and the Bible says the eyes of all of them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him and he began to say unto them this day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears i mean look hey my, my goodness just just imagine this says they said please read this text for us and you read it and you say this day is this scripture fulfilled in your eyes and everybody they all eyes were on him just imagine what a show of you think because you see in the realm of the spirit 
The laws are slightly different from our culture. In our culture, people will say, we know you're rich. You don't have to say it all the time. And, and listen, I understand that. And they have a point. All right? But in our kingdom, anything you have, you have to say it. You have to say it. If you don't say it, it may not work for you. You have to understand this. So you see, for instance, um, he, he's not the standard, but the story blessed me. I read about how can I take in had a revelation of Jesus, you know, calling him into a special healing ministry. And he said in that encounter, Jesus said to him, when you pray for the sick, tell them that you saw me and that I told you to tell them that I told you that your hands carry power. And that if you pray for them, they'll be healed. Because you see, in our realm, confession and confidence are important. You have to understand. I remember the first time, you know, I knew secretly that the Lord had called me to pastor. But I was still an undergraduate. But even if I was not telling people, there was an aura around me. And everywhere I went, people would ask me, are you a pastor? Are you a pastor? And me being modest, you know, I thought it was a religious thing to do. The humble thing to do. To just say, I'm just a child of God. You know, it sounds, doesn't that sound really, they say, oh, it's so humble. I'm just a child of God. And I remember I entered um, a lecturer's office. He, he didn't even, he had never seen me before. And I, he was feeling something for me. He looked up and he said, there's something about you. Are you a pastor? I was about to say no. And I heard the voice of God audibly say, don't say no. Don't say no. Because you see, the, the confession and the declaration is important. It was important for Jesus to say, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me. Not that they are, they are greeting, ah, man of God. <laughs> Stop it. Don't say that. Don't do that. Don't you embrace who the word of God says you are. You talk big about your God. Talk big. It's important. Have you noticed that many of your charismatic mentors, you know, um, from the social scheme of things, you might think they're a tad bit arrogant. Like when, when they are talking big about God, they're like, calm down, sir. <laughs> Do you understand? But have you noticed that those are the guys who actually really see power? And I'm not excusing anybody's, you, you know, they're not the standard, like I said. But long and short, from the word of God, you have to learn to talk big about your God. Talk big. Talk big. And the next thing I want to talk about, and I'm not going to spend time with this at all. I'll just give you two simple instances. Or three. I'm just going to talk about them in passing. Jesus had such a remarkable devotional life. Such that, you know, one moment he's talking to people. And then he takes a break and he looks to God and he talks. Just imagine you're talking to Jesus. And then he looks up and he says, Father, glorify your name. And God responds, I have glorified it and I'll yet glorify it. You know, you, it, it, was, it wasn't as if he told people, oh, hold on, I want to go and pray. No, right in the midst of the conversation, he looks up and he says a prayer. Th that was his life. And so now um, there is only five loaves and two fish and there is a multitude to, to, to feed. And the Bible says he takes the bread, he lifts it up to heaven and he gives thanks. 
He gives, he didn't say a prayer of provision, he gives thanks. So that was a context of provision. He found himself in front of Lazarus's tomb. What did he do? He lifted up his head to heaven and he says, Father, I thank you because you hear me always. So when it came to provision, he gave thanks. When he needed a miracle, he gave thanks. Listen, worship is such a powerful plug for the manifestation of the power of God. Can I tell you something? It's, it's a power factor. A powerful, I have a pastor friend who called it that, you know, he said, he, he said, I notice that in your meetings is usually that when the Lord wants to do something special, he will just tell you or maybe give you a song or even a song that everybody knows. You will, you know, you just pick it up and then things will start happen, happening. So I've noticed it as a power factor and hey, it doesn't mean songs must come before miracles happen, but some, that's just the flow that God has given us. All right, and it's something replicable in your life. I mean, there are meetings I've been in. There is someone ravaged by demon spirits, very potentially violent, and I have the audacity to close close my eye and lift my hands up and just worship the Lord as if nobody's there. I'm already giving you tips, and I'm going to just itemize, itemize everything. But that's something important for you to take notice of. Can I tell you something in warfare? Worship is a powerful power factor. There's going to be a stare of glory. All right. When you worship. And then that leads me to the final one. I'm still going to give you more tips. But um, the final one, I call it the glory touch. And let me tell you this. This is, this is something Christians need to learn. If you don't learn this. Let me put it in a way that will not sound strange to people there are some people who are very prayerful but they don't know how to use the power that they stay so there, there can be electricity supplied to a house and there there is no sockets and there might be sockets but no one has plugged any device into it you have to learn how to use power that is dead you have to understand how it works. For instance, just like electricity, the power of God, you know, can be transferred the same way. Electricity is transferred through convection, con conduction, and radiation, right? And, you know, the same way, the power of God can be transferred the same way. Uh, um, you will see in Jesus' ministry, someone touched the hem of his garment and was healed. That is, that is power transference through a medium. But one other time, they came to arrest him. He said, whom do you seek? He said, it is I. And just it is I. All, all of them fell. He didn't touch anybody. They all fell. And then there were times where he actually touched people. So the power can be transferred through a medium. The Bible tells us that people used all right, mantles and aprons from the apostles. And guess what? When those mantles and aprons were placed on the sick, the sick were healed. When they were placed on people who had demons, the demons left them. Do you know what that means? Let's quickly read it. Acts chapter 19. This is so important. Acts chapter 19 verse 12. The Bible says, So that from his body were taken unto the sick 
this is about Paul talking about Paul handkerchiefs or aprons and the diseases departed from them and the evil spirits spirits went out of them so that tells us something very important as far as the technology for casting out spirits is concerned the scientific the spiritual science behind it it is not always dependent on speech pay attention yes you can say in the name of jesus you foul spirit come out and say that every time you have the opportunity but there is expels demons i'm telling you that this is why jesus will enter a place and demons will start screaming you have to understand this and so many times christians want to cast out devils and there are they, it's just mechanical they are focusing on argument come out no come out no but can i tell you something if you become conscious of the glory of god that is on you and in you and you know how to transfer it you're going to get results either through aprons or if you're there physically just put your hand put your hand i mean literally many times all you have to do is place your hand on the person and say nothing let the glory just keep passing i'm telling you the person you know the demons will start running on their own they will go out on their own look at what you just read handkerchiefs were placed on people handkerchiefs don't talk they don't talk they placed it on the sick the sick got healed the people who had demons the same handkerchief was placed on them and the demons left the demons left so uh -huh. so step by step let me just tell you what i do if i need to pray for someone listen especially at the beginning stages i start with confidence all right i pace the floor in my room uh, you know now i i still do that do you understand but um these days there, there isn't always time to do that so you just go straight into it if you have an active devotional life do you understand you always all right but I, I paste the floor in my room and i make bold declarations the spirit of the lord is upon me <laughs> i flow in the power of the holy spirit my hands carry power anyone that i touch would feel it when i enter into a room the presence of god is present and active in that room because i came oh thanks be to god you walk in me you are big through me and every time i step out you rise to the occasion i thank you god i just make my boast in god like that and then i step into the place where i have to pray for someone all right and then i worship worship doesn't always have to be a song I just said let's hold hands together you may or may not hold hands and i just say father in the name of jesus i thank you thank you for your power you know i might even raise a prayer and say do today what only your power can do i, I you know i had a senior friend who used to do that years ago you know what only your power can do just worship so I mean you're right there in front of Lazarus's tomb 
and your focus is not on the problem but on God. Can I tell you something? I, if you step ah, the problem is, is nothing. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. <laughs> if you get the power flow working, the problem is nothing. I mean, there, there, was, there was this particular um, fellow I was praying for. I wish I could tell the full story. And I just lifted my hands and I worshipped God. Our Canada pastor, Pastor Bright, was with me. You, you probably remember. And by the time I opened my eyes, the guy was pinned to the floor with the power of God. Pinned to the floor. And so the work became easier. The work became easier. All right. But um, just in case the demons have not already left. All right. Then you go to stage three. The glory touch. If there are um, people around and if you are a beginner. I want to advise you. I think it would be good to have people around. At least two people. Because sometimes um, these folks tend to get physical. And many people make the mistake also to turn it to a power tussle. And it doesn't work that way. I remember, um, I think it was November, October last year, I was, having a, um, I was preaching in Abuja Church. And there was a lady I sighted. I knew she had demon spirits. And so... I came out to minister to her, laid hands on her. As soon as I laid hands on her, she ran out of the church. I mean, <laughs> so the protocol followed her and they were trying to hold her. And I'm, I'm, I'm not joking. Another example of what I was saying, she's, she's very small physically and they couldn't. And so there was a struggle and I was seeing this. And I came and I said, fellows, <laughs> don't use power. I said, as you are holding her, be conscious of the glory of God flowing through your hands. Can you do that now? And all of them, in fact, one of them physically closed his eyes and just did this. And I saw the power flow. And, and she just fell on the floor. This is someone that had been struggling. They would have struggled. <laughs> do you understand? If they were not born again, she would have beat them. That's not, you, don't, <laughs> you don't try that. Do you understand? You don't play their game. You do it with the glory of God. You're, and this is it's something to practice. It's some. I don't just want to be experiential about this, but I remember physically showing someone this. The person is a member of our church, a pastor of our church, actually, you know. And I think this is what happened. I saw her praying for someone to be filled with the spirit, people to be filled with the spirit, and um, there was a bit of a struggle. So I just let let it go. But one day, I was walking past and I saw her praying, and she had just finished. So I called her. I said, I saw you praying for some folks. I said, give me your hands. Let me show you something. I said, when you want to do this, be conscious of the presence of God flowing. So I touched the hands. I said, do you feel that? She said, yes. I said, all right. So I said, I want you to do the same with this. Touch me and let me feel it here. And now I'm, I'm not teaching sensationalism, all right? And that's why I don't say this. But the long and short of it is, you have to understand Jesus was walking and someone touched him. And he felt it. He turned back and he said, someone touched me. Who touched me? There was a crowd. Everybody was stronging him physically. But there was a touch with intention. So there's a difference. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm letting you understand that there is a consciousness to these things. That we saw in Jesus' life. That we saw in the life of the apostles. You can be conscious of the glory of God flowing through you. And if you are, I'm telling you, 
I'm telling you. You see all those confessions I make you do once in a while? We stuff this place with glory. We di- those things make it easy. Easy. All right? It will stop arguments. Come out. No. Come out. Uh, you know, <laughs> in fact, I, I think it was the, in the early stages, I used to enjoy talking to demons. There was one, he spoke for 45 minutes. 40, we sat down, we were waiting like this. All the things happening in the world, all the musicians that died and went to hell, he told us. All the true men of God, he told us. I bought, can I tell you something? <laughs> Demons lie. You have to understand this. So you don't, you don't, you have a Bible. <laughs> you don't need to, you don't need to enroll in their Bible school. All right. So I, I don't have time for that. I don't even ask questions. Just ask them to go. So again, very quickly. You have to learn to make your boast in God. And if you make your boast in God, you're more likely to be audacious and to actually, you know, cast out devils when you have the opportunity. And then an atmosphere of worship and then glory touch. All right. So on Saturday evening, my wife and Pastor K happened to be with me. So I said, hold the lady's hands. Hold the lady's hands because because of the power of God flowing through you. As they did that, there was a, she was reacting and wanted to remove their hand and all of that. You know, eventually she fell under the power. And then I placed my hand on her. In the name of Jesus, foul spirit, I command you, come out. And that was exactly what happened. All right? You know, um, so that, that's it. Now, one important question <laughs> someone might be asking is, how do I know if someone has a demon? <laughs> how do I know? All right? Um, there, there, there are stages to this thing. I don't want to say levels to this thing. There are stages to this thing, all right? Um, and that's a lesson on its own. You can see demons. You can. You can. But sometimes you have to understand that there is supernatural perception that is as strong as sight. You have to understand. You, there is a knowing where, where you just know. You just know. But sometimes, let me tell you this. And feel free not to take this because this is just from my own experience. And everybody who has been, many people who have been doing this for a while know what I'm saying. In the realm of the spirit, the eyes of every human being reveal all that there is to know about the person. The eyes. And this is even a subconscious reality because have you noticed when people are trying to hide facts from you, subconsciously they don't look you in the eyes. Because the same way it is, it is true physically how our eyes give us away and when someone is evasive, they just, if they are, if people who are lying have little or no eye contact. The same thing spiritually. And I can't, listen, I'm not saying, it's not, it's not about the shape of the person's eye, oh. So that because a lady put mascara that is bent like this, you don't say she has a demon. This is purely spiritual. Alright? If you if you if, but but many times by the eyes. Can I, and it works both ways. If someone is prayerful, if someone is full of the spirit, you will know. There was a day we were going for a program, you know. I was going to preach somewhere and we had prayed at home. And that time we used to <laughs> enter bikes, <laughs> you know, motorbikes to go to go preach. As we went to the bike park, one guy came to me looking at me funny. And he said this in Yoruba. He said, Like he said, your eyes look like the Holy Spirit. That's what he said. 
And I knew what he was saying. <laughs> because we had, before we left the house, we were drunk in the spirit, you know? Done some spiritual exercise. So the eyes will reveal a lot. All right? And when you see that, if you are not 100% sure, for a beginner, there are other investigations to make. Demons always seek platforms for manifestation. So as dormant as they may be, especially at the time where the person, the person's consciousness is reduced. And what do I mean? When the person is sleeping, the demons will want to manifest. So if, the, if someone has demons, they would usually many times have bad dreams. So I don't really do this like um, the, the last person I prayed for. I didn't even ask her any question. Like, do you have bad dreams? But sometimes I do that. All right. Just to be double sure. So ask the person, do you have nightmares? And I, I think um, the last time I asked the question, the person said, yes. I said, how regular? The person said, every night. Every night. And that's typical about demons. You know, because when your, your, your consciousness is active, they are hiding. But when you are asleep, that's when they want to manifest and you will see all kinds of things. All right. So that's, that's another way to know. And um, you don't just go to people. I mean, it's not just my style. And say, you have a demon out to pray for you. <laughs> you, know, you, might, you might not get the nicest outcome. So, offer to pray for them. And uh, Can I pray for you? I, I just sense that there's a lot that the Lord wants to manifest through you. And some things might be hindering it. Can I pray for you? And um, the person says, yes. And then you go through all that I said. You, you worship. Let the power of God flow through you. And then when the person. Many times I do this when the person is visibly unconscious or semi-conscious. You understand? When the power of God flows to the person. The person is on the floor or something. Then I ask demons to leave. Alright? But um, sometimes you have to take a step of faith when you are sure. Even when the person is looking at you in the face like this, you say, in the name of Jesus, every force of hell hindering and tormenting this lady, I command you, or this guy. Because I, some people have a notion that this usually ladies. It's not true. All right? A lot of guys have demon spirits too. All right? I command you in the name of Jesus to leave. And then the final thing I want to say as I round off is put the person on a devotional program. Make sure the person is born again. Make sure the person is full of the spirit. If you don't, the demons will come back the next day or immediately after you leave. You have to understand this. Demons don't die. Demons don't. All the demons you read about in the Bible, they are still very much around today. They don't die. They don't die. So if the person, if the person, all right, does not do better than the person has been doing before all your work will be undone and even worse all right so make ask the person are you born again preach to the person get the person full of the spirit um make sure the person attends a church all right or, or just make sure the person becomes accountable either to you or to someone else i think that's the most important thing so like i said confidence worship Glory touch. Hallelujah. Just begin to give thanks to God right now if you learned anything. Worship Him right now. Worship Him right now. Give Him thanks. 
praise his name father we thank you we give you the praise we give you the glory thank you father glory 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 to your name thank you for listening we are sure that you have been blessed for inquiries reach us on our helpline 0809 996 7000 Blessings.